It's apparently sweeps week as all four wildcard series ended in decisive two gamers. As for the Twins, they're headed to Houston, but not before sending a message to the Blue Jays and the rest of the league. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked on Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter or the X, if you wish, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Also, too, as we always say, comments are where we want to see you hanging out, chit-chat with you. There's going to be a lot to talk about here. Uh, not only after games one and two, but heading into a divisional series against the Astros against an opponent that I think a lot of people, myself included, expected the team to play in the wild card round. So should be interesting, should be a good matchup. We'll have full breakdowns of that the rest of the week. But if you have questions you want answered on the show or any input you would like to give, as always, feel free at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked on Twins. Hit the DMs and they're open. Today's episode brought to you by Sleeper Picks. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Twins will open up. The American League Division Series on Saturday against the Astros at Minute Maid Park. Time to be determined. I think they'll probably get the early window, but we'll see. But if you want to see, or rather listen to, every pitch of this hometown broadcast of your Twins with Corey and Danny, use the SiriusXM app and search Twins. And we're into the opener. We're into the opening segment of this program. And uh, what more can be said? Twins going to the next round of the playoffs for the first time since 2002, since I was a junior in high school. So a little while, but I want to, I want to share with you some of the things that I kind of took in from the series, like messages. I think the twins sent now, some of these are subtle. Some of them are obvious, but I think they're all going to be interesting in some form or fashion. And if it gets to run too long, we'll, dive into it in the second segment, but um, the early, the first, first one, and I'm going to try kind of go in order. Uh, the early error from Polanco or actually multiple errors in the first game did not come back to haunt the twins. Now that happened in game one of 2020 against Houston. The runner was Carlos Correa, the hitter, George Springer, who's on the blue Jays. And uh, now Correa fills the spot on the twins where Polanco made that throw from. So a whole lot of worlds colliding there. But one thing I noticed, uh, Twins broke the curse with A-Rod and Michael Kay in the booth. So Michael Kay is a broadcaster for the Yankees, and A-Rod played the Twins uh, 10 times in the playoffs, went 9-1 and in those games, and A-Rod himself hit 390 with a 435 on base and a 683 slugging percentage. So basically... Pretty much legendary performances by A-Rod. 
in the postseason, uh, but he did play in that game one loss back in 04, otherwise finished off his career with nine straight playoff wins against the Twins. Uh, Twins' previous dominance of Kevin Gaussman was not an aberration. Uh, we initially, or at least what I like to say is, you know, I'm not as sure how much pitching splits come into play when you don't face a guy that often. Um, you know, when the Twins owned Chris Sale a few years ago, they faced him multiple times in a season. With Gaussman, it's, it's a little different just because in the East, you know, you might see him twice a year, but it's not going to be more than that. But um, A-Rod actually mentioned this. The Twins were spitting on the splitter. Easy for me to say with a uh, <laughs> tongue twister there. But uh, I really think it only came back to bite the Twins once. And I want to say it was the called third strike against Julien that was inside where a splitter actually got left up and taken for a strike. Uh, but otherwise, they were... Very, very disciplined to it. Took their walks, took their hacks, all that stuff. Um, George Springer making the final out of game one. Call back to the Twins playing the Astros back in 2020. Again, um, you know, just kind of cool to see the Twins on the other side of that from Springer. Uh, Carlos Correa makes incredible plays in both both games. We'll have a full breakdown of those in the second segment. But um, the play he made in the first game, to me, it's kind of like a cousin to the Derek Jeter flip where he got uh, Jeremy Giambi out at the plate at uh, at the Coliseum all those years ago. And then the pick play at second that they ran in the second game again. We'll have a full breakdown of that. But two absolutely incredible plays that show why you go and get Carlos Correa. Um, the, the plays that nobody else on this roster and maybe just a handful of players in the major leagues make right now. So uh, just absolutely inc incredible there. Uh, game two, foul ball from Matt Chapman down the left field line that was pivotal. Probably would have cleared the bases, but was foul. To me, that's a callback to Joe Maurer and Phil Cuzzy back in 2009. Now, again, this ball was actually foul. But I think, you know, it's not too flimsy of a connection where it feels like I'm making something out of nothing. Um, but I do think, yeah, that was just interesting. That that difference there and a few of the small little uh, nuances and and things that um, that are the difference in a ball game. You know, the Vladimir Guerrero pickoff, um, you know, he's the trail runner, but he's the tying runner. That ending ending the way it did with Bobachet at the plate. Um, just another thing. Um, yeah, but a field bar, Caleb Fieldbar, if – was pitching there. And if that ball goes fair, it probably clears the bases. Steel bar um, comes back to get a double play ball. And that's that um, twins beat Jose Barrios in game two, former twin old friend, just kind of felt as though maybe that one was written in the stars. Gaussman to me seemed like the tougher one, but it really actually was the opposite. And uh, that'll actually take us into this next semi point, which was, a pitcher got pulled early, and it wasn't a Twins pitcher. Jose Brios cruising through three innings and uh, three-plus innings. He walks Royce Lewis and gets lifted for Yusei Kikuchi, but um, gets lifted, and I think that's going to be something that uh, Blue Jays manager Schneider is going to be answering for. Well, I, I'd say it for a very long time, but um, the way people were talking, they sound like they wanted to get him fired, so who knows if he'll be there for a long time. But um, – Barrios just in complete control. And I understand like the analytical standpoint of Kikuchi against the twins, twins, very left-handed, but um, that led to the twins, two runs. I mean, directly, indirectly, however you want to say it, uh, Royce scores run number one. 
Kepler scores run number two. Um, so Barrios put on Royce, but Kepler, who has hit much better against lefties as the season has gone on, actually got to take a plate appearance against Kikuchi. Meanwhile, Donovan Solano hits for Alex Kirilov, moves the line with a walk. Uh, Willie Castro hits for Walner, grounds into a double play, but does drive in a run. And so to me, it was just, it was vindication for how, you know, maybe those moves haven't worked all regular season long like the Twins had designed or had hoped, but this time it did. Um, Twins ending the Blue Jays' 2023 season, when I think you can make the argument that the Blue Jays ended the Twins' season in 2022. And I'm saying the Gary Sanchez, quote-unquote, blocking home plate against the Blue Jays and Whit Merrifield, so these same Blue Jays and Whit Merrifield, in uh, August of 2022, early August, um, that was like a symbolic end, I think, of the 2022 Twins, whereas um, this was just the Twins straight up ending the Blue Jays' season. But I still felt like there was a little parallel there. Um, one run all series to what should be a pretty good Blue Jays offense. Now, with that said, um, hitting Kevin Biggio fifth in an elimination game is mm, not great. Not ideal. I know he's hit better of late, but this was a guy that Blue Jays fans absolutely despise coming into the season. So kind of incredible to see him in such a well, decently prominent spot in the order. Um, but yeah, one run all season, and I, I am doing the SpongeBob meme, but with what pitching? I took so much grief before this season about what pitching the Twins would have, and boom, numbers one and two in, that, in those two games were incredible. Um, Griffin Jacks and Jawan Duran both showing that those late season struggles should be behind them. Um, Jack's just looking absolutely nails. And Duran, uh, you know, a little bit of misfire in the first game, but uh, in general, you know, he got his fingernail that he lost on the mound or wherever it was and comes back to throw uh, a couple pitches wild and then three straight strikeouts or three strikeouts in the inning, rather. Um, just, a, just a tremendous, tremendous job by uh, those two guys to make it look like they've kind of turned a corner. And the Twins, I think you could make the, the argument were the less sloppy team. Now, that's not to say the Twins weren't sloppy. And Jorge Polanco's defense comes to mind. But uh, Bobachet trying to take home the Guerrero pick play. Uh, even with the errors, though, the Twins were able to tighten it up. And we're going to talk about those two plays in segment two. But first, we have to talk about our friends over at Sleeper. MLB playoffs are here, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now. You've got studs like Ronald Acuna Jr. and Mookie Betts getting ready to ramp up on the other side of things. Uh, Baltimore Orioles have about a million young rookie prospects who are exciting. And, hey, those Minnesota Twins are pretty exciting too. Pick more or less on stats for guys, yeah, home runs, strikeouts, hits, all that. And uh, the more you pick, the better your multipliers are. You can get up to 100 times your payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Uh, and it's uh, – it's just, it's a, it's a no brainer. This is such a fun game. Um, such a fun uh, app to use. It's, it's so easy. A uh, couple clicks and you are in use the promo code locked on. You'll get up to a hundred dollar match 
on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply, but see Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, so we are into our bullpen segment. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. We will have a lot, and I mean a lot, of collaborative content with Houston here coming up during the series. We had a crossover coming up on Thursday. We had a quick segment, quick hit on Wednesday night with the boys over there, and uh, it's going to be a fun series. The I'll have full breakdowns and all that stuff now. We're gonna, not going to get into that right now because we don't have that much time, but it's a good matchup for the Twins and the Astros. It's a, a team that can really hit and pitches enough to get by versus a team that can really pitch and hits enough to get by. So we'll see who wins that battle. Again, it's Twins, Astros. It's Minute Maid Park for the ALDS. Starting on Saturday, we'll see what time it is. We'll see all that fun stuff and, and who's pitching. Kind of feels like it's going to be Joe Ryan and either maybe Justin Verlander, but we'll see what happens. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast, however, with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, I want to talk about the anatomy of the two great plays that Carlos Correa made. One in game one, one in game two. And so there's a ground ball hit to Jorge Polanco in the first game. And that's already like that's that's a prompt for like a, a scary story, you know. Like if you're an improv class and they have prompts and that sort of thing, uh, it feels like a ground ball to Jorge Polanco was like a make your own scary adventure in this series. And in this case, um, Kevin Kiermeyer pops a ball the third. Kiermeyer runs really well. It's a chopper, and um, for whatever reason, in between hop or whatever, Polanco biffs. And the ball just kind of rolls away into no man's land. And if you go back and watch at that point, you know, and it's not center stage on the the shot on the TV, but Carlos Correa is right next to second base when things are unfolding. And keep in mind, this is a guy who doesn't have wheels to begin with and is dealing with, I mean, maybe he's got one and a half wheels at this point. Anyway, uh, wheels over there. Flips the ball home with uh, pretty, you know, pretty solid accuracy. Uh, Ryan Jeffers on the back end makes a tremendous play to pick that ball off and make the tag. But um, just the awareness of Correa to know what the play was doing and uh, how it was unfolding in front of him. Because even if you have fast reaction times, you're still going to need that split second to really figure out what's going on. And in that situation, you don't have that. Meanwhile, Correa, if you kind of look at him, in the play, you can see him kind of reading it and he's a step ahead of it and, and all truly great players. Um, transcendent talents have something like that in their DNA. I think Correa is hardwired to just be a step ahead of everybody on the baseball field. And that's why, even though he had a difficult offensive season, I think he's still a huge factor for this team um, just because of his, his baseball IQ. So um, that absolutely shuts it down. Done, done, done. Uh, Twins finish off uh, just a just a terrific game in game one. But that play loomed large. Not just large, but like huge. But could you make the case that the game two play was even larger? I, certainly was in terms of the player involved, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, but so wild pitch, Bobachette is uh, at the plate. 
Vladimir Guerrero moves up to second. And as the so as the trail runner in this instance, you're trying to tie the game. So you're taking an aggressive secondary lead. But one thing you have to be very careful of as a trail runner is to not fall asleep because this is the exact thing that could happen. You do get lulled into a false sense of security when um, you're not being held on. Now, at second base, you're not really held on like at first base. But there's a lot of plays where the trail runner at first base can be picked, too, because a lot of times those guys will be caught napping. They'll lead off bigger than usual off first base because they're not being held. And then um, they aren't going right back to the bag right away because they don't want to waste the steps or whatever. But at second base, you know, it's a little different. So they do what's called a timing play, a pick play. And basically um, the, the seed was planted by Correa to Sonny Gray and his teammates earlier in the game that the fans were loud enough that runners could not hear the third base coach for the Blue Jays. And so Correa says, you know, there's, there's going to be a chance later in the game to pick somebody off. We should take it. Um, that situation comes up and you kind of look at the replay and there's a, it looks like Sonny goes to the cap to acknowledge it, but there's a, uh, putting the play on an acknowledgement. It's very similar to what we would put on when we were like, if I was playing first base and I wanted to do a back pick on a runner, I would say the catcher's first name or last name, uh, or he would say my name and I would acknowledge by tapping my hat or, you know, doing something very, very subtle. You have to be very subtle about it. So Sonny looks over, whatever. But the important thing is that it's a timing play that both players have to be on the same page. Sonny said he had to, you know, kind of remind himself to do his usual ticks. You don't want to do anything that, tips off the runner that there's a play on. But a lot of times what it is, is you'll get the signal to start the play. Um, some people will do an open glove. Some will do like a behind the runner, kind of like a flash the glove, whatever it is. And then there's a process, an internal process for Sonny to count to a number, wheel and throw without looking. Um, it's a ballsy play. It's a ballsy play in that situation. And let me explain why. Because... If that ball gets away, now I went back and watched Michael A. Taylor breaks in. So it's probably not as catastrophic as I initially thought. But at the very least, you're giving up one run, cutting your lead in half. Um, you know, if if Taylor doesn't field the ball cleanly, I don't know. The way Vlad's diving back into second, I guess you probably can't say he'd score. But again, it does move the tying run to third base and doesn't end the inning. Bo Bichette's batting. Um, you, I mean, maybe walk him, it may be surprising. They didn't walk him in the first place with, um, you know, the, the fact that he's really the guy who's going to hurt you right now. But, um, yeah, it was, it was an incredible awareness play set in motion innings before. And then Sonny after the game had said they actually had gotten a, another hitter or another runner earlier in the year with it. I, I couldn't recall it off the top of my head, but apparently it was the case. But they worked on that in spring training, and then they kind of dipped back into that bag of tricks a week or so ago working on it, um, Sonny said, in the post-game presser. So it's, just, it, it's a reminder that the minutia, the stuff that you see in Fort Myers on the backfields that those guys are working on, it may not come up ever. But the one time that it does, I mean, it could be immense. There's very hard to imagine many plays in the series that were bigger than that.
what an incredible couple plays. Um, not the MVP of the series. That's obviously Royce Lewis. Maybe, maybe only in a tie for the best defensive player in the series with Michael A. Taylor, who was um, just tremendous. So many great plays. But again, um, shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Carlos Correa made this team better uh, in ways that may not show up in a traditional box score. When we come back, we're going to just get a vibe check, um, see where Twins fans are at as far as uh, their jubilation after a two-game sweep. And again, not sure I would call it a sweep. I just cannot wrap my brain around calling a two-game series a sweep. But with that said, before we take a quick second, or before we move on, let's take a quick second to talk about our friends over at Bunches. All right, Locked On Twins fans, you may have heard about this new free app for sports fans called Bunches. Bunches is a new social network built for sports fans. No politics, no doom or gloom, I guess unless you're a Blue Jays fan, just sports. They recently released a new scoreboard feature the less you check live scores in the app and chat about live games as they happen. You can chat about the twins and join the locked on bunch by clicking in the link in our show notes slash description. So whatever's underneath us, wherever you get your podcast, it's in the show notes. You can click on it, come hang out with the locked on bunch and to get the app, you just got to go to the Apple app store and download bunches. It's super duper easy. Download the bunches app today. And when you do our friends at bunches have featured the locked on MLB bunch in the discover tab you can also click the link in the description show notes and again join the locked on mlb bunch community today wow so basically yeah this is just gonna be a vibe check this final segment seventh inning stretch voice of the fan and uh we had as you might expect a lot of enthusiasm a ton of enthusiasm and you'll love to see it because if I'm honest, I did think Twins fans would be a bit of a Debbie Downer about, oh, they only won one playoff game. Get back to me when you win a series. Get back to me when you get to the championship. You know, I just, series of escalation, I just wasn't really prepared for it. But I'm impressed. I am absolutely um, thrilled with how Twins fans have reacted. And again, if Carlos Correa is to be believed, they're a big reason why the twins were able to pull off the pick play that they did in the second game of the series. So, Hey, hats off to you guys, but let's take a vibe check and see where some of our friends are. Uh, our friend adopt a minor leaguer doing some very important work, helping support minor leaguers with, via um, food and that sort of thing uh, says amazed. I am with a Yoda gift. Gotta love that. Um, our friend, Andrew Baganski says he is bleeping jacked. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, even I, as someone who hasn't really rooted for the team in about a decade now, it's hard not to have like this um, warm, like exciting feeling because it's just, it's something that you haven't seen or experienced in a long, long time. Basically half my life since the Twins have won a playoff game and even more than half my life since they won a playoff series. Uh, so obviously Jack, yeah. Our friend Dave, Mencarelli says it's better than when Pinocchio became a real boy. Um, Dave is a comedian. I guess you guys came with some pretty great stuff here. And uh, D Dave, to me, one of those guys. Uh, 
Scott Wessel says relieve the curse is lifted onto round two. I think that's about right. I mean, honestly, uh, as much as you want to really focus in on the fact that the twins did some pretty historical stuff, you know, ending the longest North American pro sport losing streak in playoff history. At the same time, you can't take the tack that you're happy to be there. You have a team that has Carlos Correa, knock on wood, maybe Byron Buxton at some point, hopefully Royce Lewis back at third base. Um, you can't just be happy to be there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Alan Hess says it doesn't feel real. I, I tend to agree with that. It does feel as though we're still kind of floating and dreaming in a world where the Twins not only won a playoff game, but back-to-back games and swept a series. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Uh, our friend Greg says he's ready for the best of seven. It's been a while. Um, if I'm not mistaken. The division series is five and then the CS and, and world series are seven, but even a longer series than three or two, as it were, um, is much, much preferable for my nerves. Um, Jared Shea says dynamite. So obviously he's pretty excited as well. Ben Alphabee says all of the good emotions. And yeah, I, you know, the, Again, a good vibe check here. It's uh, it it just it's so nice to have some encouragement. It's so nice to have some people really turning their um, moods about this team around. Uh, Davis <laughs> Davis Priestman says, "Let's bleeping go." Tend to agree. A uh, good friend, Jake Peterson, a friend I've known for many many years since back when the Twins last won a playoff series, has the Nicholas Cage gif saying all these feelings hitting me at once. He said though. Uh, game one, that it was the best atmosphere he'd ever been a part of. And so uh, that goes a long way with me because, you know, anybody who's been to a Twins playoff game in the Metrodome days knows that uh, those games were rocking and the stadium was built different. There were 20,000 more people than there are at Target Field. So for it to be that much of a, I mean, not a letdown, I guess would be the best way to phrase it so it makes a little more sense uh it's, it's great and it's only going to get crazier games uh three and four when they come back to to target field and and who knows maybe they can wrap it up at home that'd be obviously awfully nice uh, our friend conrad angstrom gives us the rocco baldelli post game thumbs up gif um actually it's not a gift just an image i love that post game camera shot uh, i want the twins broadcast to have kind of that unique uh different thing you know like that and then um it, you know it's kind of a shame that they weren't the first on the spot with that exceptional Juan Duran entrance I think actually uh SNY of the Mets got it first so anyway I love stuff like that so that's obviously very very exciting um Nick Tuttle says shocked pure bliss stunned we went to the same high school and he was in like dang probably seventh grade when the twins last won a playoff game so He's been waiting a while, just like the rest of us. Uh, Jody says happy, but still in shock. Yeah, I don't know if it'll sink in until the morning. Obviously, recording this late at night, you'll probably be putting it in your ears, hopefully in the morning. But um, as I go to bed this evening, still, I'm I'm just as shocked as the rest of you. Uh, Tom says he's speechless. Jesse Velasquez says very happy to win a playoff series. I think Tad says it really well. Turbo Tad. It's just the, the word, ah, a with about 20 capital H's behind it really does sum up the relief that I think you have to be feeling as a twins fan. Um, you know, there's that scene in the office where Kevin Malone gets, uh, they get their parking spaces back and he smiles and he just says, it's good to win one. That's kind of where I'm at right now. As far as, um, you know, 
where this Twins team is, like, it's kind of nice to win one, but also, like, I'm not gonna say that it's good enough now. Now, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to be enthused to this point. Um, <laughs> Nick Olson says, good with a thumbs up. Jennifer says, awesome. Slade Gilmer says he's floating. Uh, Chris Hannell says he's so overwhelmed to where a point where emotion sees. Chris, by the way, made an amazing documentary. Find him on Twitter at GoTwinkiesGo. You'll be able to find that. And it uh, really encapsulates the pain that has come with being a Twins fan the last couple of decades. Uh, Joey at DJ MVP says, happy for you guys. That's coming from a Yankees fan. So keep in mind, this is this is not a Twins team that everybody hates. It's just that they don't respect them. We saw that. There's a Blue Jays clip going around of a podcast where they basically were thinking about Houston already. And um, how'd that go for you? But um, yeah, so good to see that there's other fan bases kind of rallying around this. Joey Boatwater says he's feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good, like Larry David on Curb. Uh, yeah, hard to argue with that vibe as well. Um, Scott Lindholm says he's happy for Rocco and Carlos and glad the cynics can shush. Well, they still had some uh, barbs to throw with Rocco's uh, pinch hitting, but it is what it is. Uh, one more here. Uh, Dan Hartsung says he, or Hatsung, excuse me, says he's thankful that Schneider pulled Barrios. Go Twins. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. Ian says they're winning the World Series. Um, I love doing those. I hope they're interesting to you as they are to me because, again, you guys are the reason the show exists. You guys are the reason that any of this exists. So, again, thanks you, thank you, excuse me, so much. And uh, that's what we got for this edition. We're going to have a whole ton of stuff. Coming out here before the Twins take on the Astros starting this weekend. Hopefully they can wrap it up at home. But this is a wrap for Locked on Twins. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure you follow at Locked on Twins, at Brandon underscore Warren, and at Locked on Min, M-I-N. And thanks for making this your first listen every day. We are going to be talking to the Astros guys on Thursday, Thursday night. So get ready for that. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening or watching on and hang out in the comment section, send us questions and all that fun stuff. Otherwise, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying, have a freaking postseason. This is 